Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ribbon off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up facade, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Good morning, everyone out there. It is November 24th, Wednesday morning. Welcome back to the Daily Blitz Football Pod. That Thanksgiving special, baby. It is me, your host, Big Johnny, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple, coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. Hello, everybody. Our co-host, Mr. Matt Williams, not with us today. We'll be back Friday for the big show. Shoot him a follow at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M. As today is definitely going to be a funny one. Of course, Thanksgiving throwing the routine into the blender. I am very much a routine-oriented person, and that's going to get us right into the first topic. People are here to talk about football. Man, these are games we hardly want to talk about, and that's kind of where I wanted to go. If you follow my work, you know I am very serious about this. I do it professionally at a very high level, and I like to think all my advice is actionable. It is really geared towards sustained profitability, giving you not only advice, but how to execute it properly. And of course, I take pride in telling people when not to bet. It's just as important to have that part under control, knowing when not to put your money down. Of course, no bet being better than a bad bet. We all know that, and I can prove it, okay? Today is a perfect example of that. These teams are bad, they're injured, and on extremely short rest, playing in standalone games. If you find me another red flag, I'm not sure there is one as far as my betting goes. Does that mean we can't bet? No, it doesn't mean you can't bet at all today, but I generally do shelf my high-level betting on these days. Just too many combinations of wonky things. These games are hard enough in the first place. I don't really love any of the lines. We're going to get into the games one by one, and I think you even see it reflected in the props. If you've noticed, if you're a prop player and you're on something like DraftKings, you'll notice they're pulling back on these props. They straight up don't even release them. Forget the fact that they're coming out days later than we're used to. I like to use DK because it's a legal book. It's probably the closest thing we have to being ubiquitous but of course i suggest and recommend everybody is pricing different books depending on the state and where you live and what you have access to you need to be maximizing that no matter where it is again if you follow the work here we think in terms of percentages that is the truest way to profit and turn your love of sports into that secondary income you could rely on hitting the lotto jackpot i don't know how to do that that's not my style and yet here we are that being my actual recommendation for today because i'm so disciplined and always so regimented that part really is the truth i don't bet a lot as far as volume when it comes to the nfl i don't trust these games and unlike major league baseball you don't get an opportunity the very next day later that day both of those slots in the next day and the one after that and the one after that and the one 
after that, which is why I've always found so much success in betting baseball. We get so many opportunities to be selective, to let the numbers play out over time. Football is too small of a sample for me. I really try and pick my spots. Today's probably not the best day for that and a good day for like some recreational betting. You'll never hear me recommending big parlays. Today's probably your best day to do that on Thanksgiving, I mean. Just lay the wood if you really want to bet and try to have a good time. I don't see anything that I like here onto the board first. It's Chicago versus Detroit. Chicago is three-point favorites. My gut lean is to go there. Detroit has been playing better as of late, but the quarterback situation is a disaster. Not anything that I would ever get behind Fields being out has probably kept this line closer than maybe it should be. The the Bears, I I don't want to say they're better with Andy Dalton because I really don't believe that to be true. In particular, with the way we've seen the offense kind of get tailored to Fields a bit more as of late, you know, and then I'm starting to throw the ball. We saw him look good against Pittsburgh. But Andy Dalton is serviceable. It's easy for people to write off players like Tyrod Taylor or Andy Dalton, because they are boring. I mean, not disagree with that part, but they are serviceable. Detroit is not serviceable, really bad. And just when you see these these overall grades at PFF, a place I like to go, just for an initial spot to look, very hard to get some of the grades that they get as low as they do. And I never rely on anyone to do the work for me. I watch all of these games, take my own notes, and man, PFF does a phenomenal job. Everything that I have lines up with them before I even look at theirs. I'm never going to get to the point where I just go blindly, but really their numbers include context. You know, the people they are watching this stuff. Hat tip to them. Back to the Detroit Lions. Just atrocious across the board. I mean, below average everywhere. Worst in the league in a few places, particularly on defense. 46th grade defensive overall. Rush defense. Tackling below 40. Coverage below 40. Just atrocious. These Lions absolutely stink. It's such a shame too. I know people are rooting for them to get that W, but if you're not going to function on offense, it's not going to happen. Oh, Boyle rules. I don't think he's going to be able to get it done. You got to give me the Bears minus three, but again, they're hobbled. It's a slow week. They're on the road. Holiday momentum. All of the stuff that I hate to get involved with. All of the stuff that I hate to lock horns with. I don't like the idea of standalone games. Let me get to that quickly. I know people have asked me. Let's spin a quick bowl, and if you're unfamiliar with that, spinning bowls, Think of the Gong Show. Think of the Ed McMahon Show, that guy with the carnival music spinning bowls. You can spin as many bowls on as many sticks as you want. Sometimes he's got 8, 10, 12 up in the air. You go, oh, man, how does he do it? As long as you get back to the bowl before it falls off the stick, then the music keeps playing. So the ball I wanted to get to as far as standalone games goes, I don't like when the entire nation's money is on a single event. They're too easily corrupted. And I don't necessarily mean by malfeasance. It's just by, could be script or circumstance to have the whole thing go awry I'd rather be part of main slates where only 9%, 12% of all the money is on a single event where it can't tip those scales. Let's leave it at that. Back to that Chicago and Detroit game briefly. The Chicago defense is not as good as people are making it out to be. I do think they will step up and beat up on the Lions, whose offense just looks atrocious. Everyone seems to agree on that. Total set at 41 
and a half. I still think I'd be under it, but I'm not coming off my main point, which is I'm not really taking these games too seriously, but my lean would be on Chicago to cover the three, minus 110, to get the money line win, minus 155. You know, we're always doing the math here, but points on both sides are going off right around $15, which is kind of in the middle on both. So I think if you believe in Chicago, it's okay to take the minus three. If you feel a little sketch about the road and that other stuff, going for the minus 155 isn't terrible. Flip side to the lines, you're being offered $15 a point to take them. Again, that's not the best offer. Those numbers do get up high into the 30s, sometimes even the 40s. That's when you want to make sure you get a sniff of that money line. It becomes a lot harder to work a plus 135 money line into the weighted bet, but there's really nothing wrong with breaking up bets. However you see fit, line's just not a team I'd be backing right now. Raiders going to the Cowboys. Cowboys all sorts of injured. I think we're still waiting on the news from C.D. Lamb, though from what I understand, he's actually tracking towards playing and as far as King's cushions go, I, and I, this is not, this is not to demean the injury or how serious they are, but just in terms of handicapping, when a player gets cleared from the concussion protocol, I generally tend to have them queued up for all systems go. I just want to leave it at that, right? I don't want to, I don't want to demean the seriousness of that injury whatsoever. They are very important, and we're looking out for these guys while they're playing and afterwards. So the news on CD Lamb is was a non-participant Tuesday yeah so there really is no way to tell if he's not playing and you're trying to play one of these showdown slates this is tough the entire world is going to be going to Cedric Wilson the entire world is going to be going to Michael Gallup so I think there is actually a situation with Lamb where some people will be off him and when you can get a superstar like him such a standout player coming off a bad game you know for Dak which is where you want to be buying low on great assets Lamb would be my pick actually for this one and I I hope it doesn't sound too chalk the idea is that it really won't be chalk the injuries that I'm talking about really ruining the prop board a lot of these things not even posted right now you can't get anything on the Dallas side they're not willing to offer you even a sniff at Wilson which is what I was getting at earlier on the prop market has become extremely sharp a couple prop betters that I know with a history of being very profitable are kind of getting their clocks cleaned and it's just a matter of the pendulum swing this is part of the game that we play the house has just decided to not even give you the opportunity. And Tony Pollard not listening on DraftKings as well. They're going to let you take a sniff at Zeke. Yeah, over two and a half receptions for minus 170. Thank you, but no thank you. Pollard has a chance to compete. He's a player we might like in something like Jock Market standalone because he can produce even as a backup. The only player listed in the early game, Hawkinson, over four and a half receptions plus 110. Yeah, that's it's pretty alluring because he is the top target there. Hawkinson carrying the best triple slash on that team 21% target 24% air yards 7 a dot the 7 a dot a little low not that we care when we're looking for reception props right we make sure you're always kind of doing that calculus but there is no way to rely on that no way to rely on any passes being completed even though I believe he was a vast majority of that offense last week you know Hawkinson had 51 of the 77 passing yards these ratios are just laughable people there's nothing about that should make you want to bet on it i'm sorry it's just the way it is and if it ends up happening you shouldn't be kicking yourself saying oh i knew it i knew it i knew it i wasn't kidding around today's the day get away from the seriousness because these games are kind of a joke you take a few bucks go for the wild sgp go for it today today's the day you go for it providing the money doesn't tip the scale i'd be putting my parlays at one tenth of a unit and we want them to all pay off at least 
1.5 units or greater, 15 to 1. Okay, so even then, in my wild nature, I like to keep it pretty under control. I, I don't really understand handicappers out there that bet full units on wild parlays. Of course, when I speak about nebulous units, my units are 1% of stack. It should be a definitive amount, and that should have a limit per day, let's say two and a half or three, depending on the game. For NFL, it's okay to open that throttle a little bit because of the rarity of the events, like I mentioned before, with baseball. Baseball happening every day, you would never risk three, four, five percent of your stack, let alone people that risk eight, nine, ten units. So there you learn just a ton today. Today's an evergreen episode. I mean, I like to think every day that we jump into the ring and talk about betting, you're going to leave with a little more than just game analysis. Again, these games, gross, totally gross the thing with the Raiders is you got to give them props for the pass rush that's something they do very well I always like to bring up number one grade via PFF but the run defense really weak Dallas is probably going to beat them up there also that pass offense for the Raiders has seriously struggled as of late and yes Ruggs was at this core of that but it's not like it was his talent that was carrying that you had to see it was a usage thing Ruggs and Waller were being deployed as a pair and then splitting off forcing safety looks and Carr was all over it they were really doing it perfectly it reminded me of the in-out game in basketball you know the big center drawing in the double that getting kicked out for the three if you chase the shooter the center takes care of business and the Raiders were working that to a T they don't have that option now they have not really found it as of late Derek Carr held to only 215 yards against Cincinnati and probably 260 in a game they only scored 14 points against Kansas City so this is another slop fest without a lot of props being put up there really hard to get your thumb on it obviously the world is going to be on Dallas let's do the math on the points real quick see these numbers are up into the 30s and I'm glad we got to see that with just two games the disparity in offers from the book so with the last game those numbers were in the teens here we're up near 30 the Raiders plus seven and a half minus 110 going off at plus 260 that's 36 dollar a point being offered to you so whenever I get up over 30 if you like the dog I do not like the Raiders in this spot I really like the Cowboys at home to bounce back but again short week injuries it's just such a disaster and a mess I'm not interested in any of these things outside of wild parlays like I said before I really am sticking to my guns but I want to give you my lean and give you an idea of how people are looking at the board that are maybe smarter than all of us so las vegas getting offered 36 dollars a point and again that's where you want to begin to think about weighing in the money line you don't have to just put a unit on this and a unit on that which is how you think you'd have to bet if you're only following twitter and some betting media be careful with that you could put 70 percent of r 0.7 r you determine r that's what your unit is could be a hundred dollars could be 137 dollars and 24 cents be whatever you want you own this mobile business the future is in your hands you are in control of the risk management this is always what i try and drive home to people doesn't matter how much you bet build those percentage up points and then continue to grow and grow and grow because as you risk two percent of your stack with the stack growing so will that return and that's how you do it people wink 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 professional advice from the big guy so whenever you get that kind of offer work in a piece of the money line 70 percent on this against the spread 30 percent on the money line in the age of internet betting where you can adjust them to 
the sense however you want. Play around and make sure you get it where no matter what, you make a profit. Cowboy side, 7.5 point favorites, minus 335. Forget the fact that's outside of my parameters for paying juice. That is a good example of when you pay to cover the spread. Minus 335 towards minus 110 leaves you 225 for seven and a half points is $30 even. That's way too expensive to take the money line. It's Dallas against the spread or bust. This one's set at 51. My gut just tells me under because I think these games are so ugly. I don't think the Raiders get there even if Dallas does. I generally assign 30 or 31 points to the better team. So if we give Dallas 30, that leaves 21 for the Raiders. I'm not sure if they've got 21 in the tank. Dallas Cowboy defense has not been terrible. One of the better pass rushing teams in the league. They're also very good at coverage, though they can be known to take a lot of risks, which cost big plays. They also force a ton of turnovers, something that Carr has struggled with. One, two, three, four, five picks in the last four weeks. Expect Dallas to get some of that. So, so far we've got Bears against the spread and we're under. We've got Dallas to cover plus Another under there. Props hardly even posted. Prescott over 275. You may get that. I just think they're really going to gun it. I just have a feeling he's going to do the bounce back thing. Dak, one of my favorite QBs, coming off 216-0-2. I'm expecting to see something like 303. Last game, Buffalo goes to the Saints. Buffalo coming off another tremendous disappointment. We had that one pegged. We were all over the Colts last week. I don't think the Saints are going to have that kind of luck. That offense really looks dysfunctional. They're just missing too many pieces. You don't even hold it against it. Simeon seems to be the one being punished. I'm not necessarily sure that that's fair. Alvin Kamara is the offense there. He hasn't practiced. I don't think he's going to play, so I don't think they're going to do anything without him. Really scary, that offense. Without Kamara, they were bad enough already. Without a legit, dynamic playmaker, and now that my boy, Colonel Adam Troutman, is out, sadly, we were just beginning to see the usage breakout, then the production followed. Now, sadly, he's hurt. We won't see him again this season. The Saints props that are posted are all really low. So Callaway at 36 and a half. I mean, sure, that has a shot. I do like anything that can happen on a single play, right? He is a deep threat, but he just hasn't gone over that number since week five. Do the targets from Troutman end up going his direction? I'm not really sure. It's a really tough situation there. I wanted to just bring up the usage really quick for the Saints before we get out of here. And it's really ugly without Kamara, but Callaway leading the way as far as targets, 16% target, 26% of the air yards. A dot up near 14. That's a pretty decent line. Deontay Harris, not bad behind him. 15 target, 22 air, 10 and a half A dot. Not terrible. Traquan Smith also double digits across the board, 14, 18, and 10, respectively. Remember, Troutman was soaking up 14% of the total targets. Kamara soaking up 23 of the total targets. They got to go somewhere. It's just it's just really scary. We've seen the bottom for that offense, 159 against Tampa, 214 against Philly. When they have faced pressure, they've really struggled. Buffalo could give them fits. This is a good defense. They got shoved around by the Colts because that offensive 
offensive line is ridiculous. You're not going to get that in New Orleans. I expect Buffalo to be winning in the trenches. I'm really worried about the Saints. Hard to get behind. But I wouldn't blame you if you stuck that Callaway reception prop into one of those SGPs. Again, they're going to be chucking. They'll probably be down. He's a candidate for 37 yards in a single play. Deontay Harris is a candidate for 35 yards just in general. Over to Buffalo. We've seen Stephon Diggs kind of bust out a bit, but now he already wasn't coming at a discount. That prop, I believe, is set at 80. Coming off two touchdown game, but only 23 yards, 162 the week before, 85 the week before that. We were distinctly seeing the trend happen. The usage was always there. It was elite usage for an elite player. So, it, I mean, it's only intuitive that it would come 25% of the targets, 33% of the air yards, A dot up near 12. Really awesome. I think the line that stands out the most to me, though, is Emmanuel Sanders, 16% of the target share, 30% of the air yards, and an A dot up near 17. Now, granted, he's going to be inconsistent by the nature of his game, but this feels like one that he could get to. The Saints defense thought of as being strong. They're more so against the run. They've struggled against wideouts, and I think they'll be giving Diggs the full attention because Buffalo doesn't command that attention with the conventional run game. So I'm going to fade Diggs at my own detriment, thinking everyone and their mom will be on that one. And I think the prop I'd be looking for is Emmanuel Sanders over 42 and a half again, something he could get on a single play. I always love that, right? I mean, I think Buffalo will be up, so we'll probably need it in the first half, but we're going to get four, five drives at least, depending on the game script, that should get us there. Doing my quick scan for that SGP in Buffalo, this is the one I probably like the most. Of course, Buffalo having that engine of offense, and then that could trigger the Saints to have to come back. Devin Singletary, who I do not love, his reception prop for yards is set at nine and a half yards. Again, what do you notice? Things that can happen often with players that get usage in a situation they could get in one event. Josh Allen's pass prop set at 275. I may cue that one up as well. The other ones on the board are extremely ugly. This entire menu is just gross and let that be the thing that takes us out of here today if you don't like it don't take the shot you don't have to bet anything that you don't like and i even skipped over the buffalo scene so i mean i get carried away sometimes buffalo favorite six and a half 275 these numbers looking a lot like the dallas game saints at plus 220 i would not touch this one the over under set at 45 because no one knows what's going to happen i'd be under this one as well give me the triple under i'm going to pair those three unders in a separate play that's the way i like to do it people set up a bunch of narratives and just let the fur fly on a day like today i'm probably only going to be betting a single unit at the absolute max it might end up being closer to a half unit or three quarters of a unit and yeah some people roll their eyes when they hear me talk about the decimals but that's why i am able to stay in the arena every single day every single year showing verified consistent profits not to brag it is what it is if you're going to be a handicapper you should be winning you shouldn't have to be funding these accounts though we all know downtrends and losing are part of the game all right people we're at that time limit Thank you for picking up what we're putting down. You can go get the same vanilla analysis of these three yucky games anywhere. I hope that I'm providing a bit of a perspective that's a little bit different from an experienced hand that really cares about helping you sharpen your own game and push it forward. So from Big John and our boy Matt Williams, gobble, 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 gobble. Be safe. Enjoy your friends and your family, significant others and children alike. I do love these holidays. I will be stuffed and likely drinking 
drinking high proofed expensive brown water but feel free to tweet at me and see if any of these picks came through like I said I'm going to be throwing a couple of pieces of pasta at the wall to see what sticks so enjoy those games enjoy your turkey day and when you're done with the book enjoy that turkey pay everybody peace